morning. This is the JP2 Morning Crew Show, and my name is Eddie Madueño. Today I'm co-hosting and chatting with Steve Splanskowski and our special co-host, Father Anthony Sroki of Our Lady Mount Carmel Church in Rancho Peñasquitos. Gentlemen, how are you? Let's start with Steve. Tell us how you're doing. Eddie, I'm doing well this morning. You know, kind of talking about the, the theme song here, Journeying Through the Faith. I think it's such a, a great gift, and it's an honor to be with you, gentlemen, as we, uh, you know, we encounter the Lord in all these conversations and all that we do. So great to be here. Outstanding. Yes. Father, good morning. Yes, it's, I'm really happy to be with you guys, and I appreciate the, the work that you're doing um, to, uh, you know, to help people to engage more in their faith. So, Thank you, Father. And and we rely on... on uh, guests like you to to make that happen so so thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us so um everyone father soroki is back in the studio this morning again as both guest and co-host he'll talk to us in a minute about his uh guest for this morning uh, but i do want to remind you to stay tuned after this show for the life is worth living with archbishop fulton sheen show uh, father if you'll uh please let us uh, start with a short prayer Yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of family, uh, our families of, of origin, our, our parents and siblings and other relatives of families that we form also through, through marriage and your call to, to marriage and family life and, and our spiritual family, uh, the family of, of the church. May family uh, serve the purpose you created it for to, uh, to let us experience your love and to form us into saints. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. You know, it's kind of, as we've been conversing with Father over these these interviews, we're, each time we get to know a little bit more about you, Father Soroki, and then talking about family, tell us a little bit about your family. So um, I'm the oldest of six kids. My uh, my folks, uh, Faiza and Kareem, are um, still around. They live in Chula Vista, and I get to see them every day on my day off, celebrate Mass for them. So if any of you have a son who goes up to become a Dawson priest, and a good chance you may get home masses once a week. Uh, but also, too, I have uh, uh, really wonderful siblings. We're all very close, and we love each other, and all of us are practicing our faith. And um, Several of my siblings even go to daily mass. A couple of my siblings have, um, have uh, really been of service to the church in different ways. So I have a, a sister who's an, an MD, um, a family doctor. Her name is Karen Soroki, and she's worked, uh, I think, almost her whole medical uh, career has been for culture of life, family services, which, as many of you may know, um, uh, provides free medical care for women in crisis pregnancies, and uh, and so that's a uh, a wonderful thing that that's one way that she's been living her her faith as a doctor, and also too just just in taking care of, of patients for all kinds of things, um, and she's a she's a really good doctor who, who I know she cares about her patients and she prays for them, and she's also competent as a doctor. And uh, another sister who actually um, is a, uh, my sister Stephanie is the uh, founder and the head of a nonprofit called Seton Education Partners. And they focus on uh, providing Catholic formation education for uh, children in the inner cities. Uh, I think that all the, the schools and programs that they start, you have to be below the poverty line. Uh, and and they've done some great work. I remember the First year, there's the school in the Bronx in New York, and basically what they had a model of a charter school 
with an after-school program that was, it was at a Catholic parish and the after-school program had a, a lot of faith formation. And uh, the first year they did it, I think they had over 20 kids were baptized uh, because they learned about baptism and they, they asked their parents if they could be baptized. That's really cool. And tell us a little bit about your parish family too. So my parish family of Our Lady of Mount Carmel is a wonderful parish family. I've been there for 10 years as the, as the spiritual father. Um, there's about 2,900 families. It's uh, um, about half Filipino. Um, and uh, it's great. The Filipinos there, it's kind of multi-generational now where there was a generation that immigrated from the Philippines. And then they have children that are in their 40s, maybe now 50s. Uh, who um, who themselves have children and even now grandchildren, and it's uh, wonderful that many many times they can all of them are are members of the same parish. They've they've managed to come back and and uh, live in San Diego, um, and um, yeah, we and we have a lot of young families too, uh, a lot of young families. So if you if you go especially to our nine forty five mass, um, you'll see that, and you'll see you'll notice in the parking lot a, a fleet of these large vans, these 12 person vans, because we have many, I haven't counted, but we have many, many families uh, of, of, of children, 12, 11, 10, nine, many families um, with, with a lot of children. And it's, uh, it's wonderful. That's beautiful. And that's a uh, parish there, Lady of Mark Carmel Church in Rancho Penasquitos. Correct. Eddie. Yeah. All right, Father. So this is the, uh, part of the show where we like to play our Catholic challenge, a Catholic quiz uh, meant to test our guests. As I always like to ask our guests, are you up to the challenge? Yes, I am. Perfect. And so this question is a multiple choice. So I'll read you the question. I'll give you the, uh, the uh, potential answers and then you can answer from that. The question says that during the 1917 apparitions of our Blessed Mother in Fatima, Portugal, an angel appeared to the three children seers. What word or phrase did the angel cry out three times? A is penance, B is hail, C is holy, D is peace be with you, and E is believe. A, penance, penance, penance. Wow, see, extra points because it isn't just penance, it's penance, penance, penance. You're correct, Father. And it, it's very meaningful to me because, um, so I was practicing uh, law when um, I, I decided to apply to seminary and, and I received a grace, a vocation, a very clear um, spiritual experience where God let me know this is what I was supposed to do because I had been going back and forth in my mind for a few years, and it happened on May 13th. And I didn't realize it was Fatima's feast day because that year, 2005, fell on a Sunday. But then later, I was listening to a Marian talk and uh, by a guy, I think his name was Bud McFarlane, and he, he had mentioned that we had just had the anniversary of, of the, the beginnings of the apparition at Fatima, and, uh, and so I have a very special devotion um, to Our Lady under that title. I think that's a very appropriate question, too, because as we go through the, the Eucharistic revival, uh, 
uh, that prayer that the angel taught to the angel, mm. the children of Fatima, is the prayer for the Eucharistic revival. Mm, yeah. A beautiful prayer. And also, I was, I was, I was kind of thrown because I was thinking, like, also the word "believe" is used numerous times. My God, I believe, I adore, I trust, mm. I hope, and I love you. A big part of those who do not believe, do not adore, do not trust. And you're supposed to say that three times. So there's that's kind of a tricky question. <laughs> All right, outstanding. All right, uh, thank you for that, uh, Steve. Father, uh, Father Phil, tell us a little bit about your uh, guest, uh, Sarah Harold. Yeah, so Sarah is a parishioner at our parish, and um, and she is one of the leaders of our homeschooling group. So we have oh, probably a hundred families or so that are homeschooling now. Wow. It's um, it's grown. Uh, tremendously over the last few years. Uh, actually, interestingly, COVID has pushed um, several families because they were unhappy with with uh, what the public schools were doing, not being open. And then also, too, a lot of our families are very concerned about uh, about the uh, the kind of indoctrination in leftist ideology and the tenets of the sexual revolution. And so... Um, what, the wonderful thing is, so we had some more experienced homeschoolers that essentially guide, mentor, assist uh, the newer families who have who have uh, you know discerned that this is the way that God wants them to educate their children to not you know put them under the care of others mostly, but to actually directly um, to educate their children and and so it's it's really an it's an amazing thing to see um, because. Uh, I, you know, got to these families do some things on campus and uh, I get to know them in different ways. And uh, they are um, exceptionally happy, healthy, faithful families. I mean, uh, exceptionally so. And so, um, so what they're doing is, is I think it's, it's working. It's a great sacrifice, you know, um, and in different ways, the sacrifice means, uh, something different to the family, sometimes foregoing extra income uh, from the mom working, sometimes just the, you know, just the difficulty of dealing with um, your kids all day um, and, and um, some of the tensions that develop there. But, um, but it's, it's, a, it's one that's been embraced with love. It's been clear to me. And uh, it's, its fruits are, are many. I had, a, um, I had an intuition I talked about years ago in, in prayer about my, my legacy um, so that, uh, I will not, I will not be well-known or well-remembered a hundred years from now, but, uh, there will be a, a saint who will be canonized and, um, in the biography of the saint, they're going to talk about where the saint went to church when they were a child. And it's going to be Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And there's going to be a footnote that I was a pastor. Uh, but I really feel, I actually feel that's from these, from these homeschool families, we're going to actually have, um, a canonized saint even. Wow, that that's outstanding. So, uh, really looking forward to to uh, your interview. So let's uh, let's get started. Here's Father Soroki and Sarah Harold. This is Father Anthony Soroki for JP Two Radio, and with me is Sarah Harold, who is a parishioner at Our Lady of Mount Carmel. She's one of the leaders of our parish homeschooling group, 
Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Father. How are you? Pretty good, thanks. Great. Would you begin by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? So I have um, eight children ranging in age from 15 and a half to four months old. Um, my husband and I have been married for almost 17 years. He works for John Paul the Great Catholic University, so we're kind of very heavily involved in the Catholic education space, I think you could say. Yes, and so um, tell me a little bit about um, how do you how do your how are your kids educated right now? <laughs> So um, we started homeschooling when our oldest was five, and it's a little bit embarrassing because he, when our kids were very little, we thought we might send them to Catholic school. We might, um, we weren't sure what we were going to do, but we figured once we, you know, buy a house and we're established in a certain location, then we'll make the decision. So we bought a house late one summer, um, and. I realized in like the end of September that my oldest son was five and he should be in kindergarten and we had never signed him up for anything. So I thought, oh, look at this, we're homeschooling, um, which actually... Homeschooling by default. Yeah, homeschooling <laughs> by default, which I was actually misinformed because in California, you don't actually have to start school till your kids are six. So I was six. So I was never, you know, breaking the law or violating anything. the yeah. law. So it was fine. But I, but anyway, so we sort of accidentally stumbled into homeschooling. And then that first year we went and toured a Catholic school and we kind of kept our options open at first, but it always seemed like homeschooling was the best fit and we were very happy doing it. And, um, and then subsequently, as we added more children, it just increasingly remained a really good fit for our family. And so while I, I, don't think I very intentionally set out on the path of homeschooling. Now, at this point, I wouldn't change it. And I'm really, really glad that we're doing it. We're fully committed. So at the very beginning, um, we say, okay, uh, our five-year-old needs, needs mm -hmm. to be schooled. And um, uh, did you know, know people who were doing this? I mean, was this something that was somewhat familiar to you, at least through through friends or acquaintances? Yeah, I think we, we had heard of it and we were familiar with the idea um, and... Um, I was never personally homeschooled. I went to public school for most of my career and just spent two years at a Catholic school. Um, but yeah, we definitely had friends and families and some relatives who you know, who had who had done it before. So it wasn't completely foreign. And then when um, for kindergarten and first grade, my son was at a charter school. So at one point, he was going in a couple days a week for classes, and so we had that kind of support at the very beginning. And so. Um what what where did you find resources? I mean, how did you how did you figure out how to fill the day? How to how to um, you know uh, what curriculums or activities or so the the structure of our curriculum at the beginning was was provided by the the charter school. So they had different requirements that you had to fill in, and you have to turn in samples every couple of months and things like that. Um, but there are so many resources available, and it's incredibly easy to find free resources um, that you can use to homeschool. I mean, if you're if you're creative and you want to cobble together a curriculum from watching YouTube videos and finding free printables online, it's incredibly easy to do that. Or if you, um, if you, it's very, also very easy to buy a boxed curriculum, especially from a lot of curriculum, from Catholic homeschool providers, that it's, you can buy, you know, all the books that you need and a curriculum that lays out your daily lesson plan so that everything is provided for you. Everything is laid out exactly what you need to do and when. Um, so I, I, th I think it's probably harder to limit yourself when finding curriculum than it is to... I mean, there's so many actually, options. There's so many. And then yeah, it's yeah. about discerning what yeah, fits for, which, your, which is a good for you and for your children. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, 
So what would you say, just kind of in a big picture thing, that what are the main advantages that, that you've experienced in homeschooling? And I know you haven't had the comparative experience of having mm-hmm. your kids in school, but from what you know of other kids and what you experienced growing up, what do you think are the main advantages of homeschooling versus, you can talk about the other options, you know, public schooling mm-hmm. or even um, Catholic private schools. Yeah. Um, one thing I think um, that that sort of helped me understand some of the advantages is having you know, a bunch of different kids. Like I know it's kind of a stereotype that like homeschoolers have these huge families and it's not the case, you know, obviously you can like the the size of homeschooling families ranges from very small to very large. But for me, it's been helpful to see a lot of different kids with different personalities and different learning styles. And I've noticed that I can adapt what we do to different kids' needs and we can move at different paces. We can um, drop certain subjects or accentuate certain subjects based on kids' interests. So I feel like having a child-led education to a certain extent is mm-hmm. has been really, really beneficial to my kids. And um, like I said in the beginning, I, we, I didn't go into homeschooling with this kind of um, like dogmatic approach of, you know, homeschooling is the is best thing is the only way to educate your children. Um, and, you know, modern education is fundamentally flawed. And I, that wasn't really my approach at the beginning. But I think that the more I've progressed, the more I see that there really are a lot of things about the way, about our ideas of education in kind of 21st century America that are really at odds with what's best for people. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, that for example, there, there's a kind of tendency towards, you know, box checking, like studying something on a surface level just to put it on your transcript mm-hmm. or just to say that you've done it. Whereas with homeschooling, when you're teaching at a slower pace, there's an opportunity for really in-depth learning. And, um, you know, you you really read an entire book and you you read the entire, you know, the, the entire thing at a deeper level rather than just like skimming through it, taking a test and moving on to the next thing. So I really appreciate that, especially with my older kids who are now, I have, um, one in high school and he's doing this great books program. And so he's reading, you know, these fundamental texts of Western literature and he's really reading the entire thing from, you know, cover to cover. So he's read, you know, the Iliad and the Odyssey and now he's in like enlightenment thinkers. And so he's engaging with these texts at a really deep level as a 10th grader that, you know, when I read these things in college, I, you know, skimmed through it and went on to the next thing the next week, but he's has that ability to, to really engage with things at a deeper level. And then um, with other kids, I, I really appreciate the pacing. Like I have some kids who have needed more time on math, for example, and then other kids who want to kind of move quickly through it and and work at a higher level than their grade level. And it's been great for us to be able to tailor our education toward the, the specific child um, rather than just having them in, you know, a classroom of 30 kids where they're either maybe being pulled along too fast or held back too slowly. Um, so I would say that that kind of stands out to me as, as some of the, the best yeah. advantages of homeschooling. Um, yeah, and no matter how good um, – the public or private school is right there they have you know usually 20 20 to 30 children of the same yeah. age but of very different aptitudes and and backgrounds and and um uh, and so and they, so they have to try to you know educate yeah. them all and kind of one size fits all thing and it, yeah. it doesn't really fit a lot of them and so uh, it's yeah so you've experienced just that ability to tailor yeah. the approach to the, to the child the deeper learning well just what about how about for you know um i don't know uh 
getting to know your kids well and just the relationships and the yeah. relationships between them within the family. Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful aspect of it as well, that I get to spend so much time with them. And um, it's really neat seeing the way that they interact with each other, especially seeing the older kids with, like, the younger, like, the toddlers and the babies mm -hmm. and stuff. Like, so I, <laughs> I sort of joke about this, but I – I feel like our, our homeschool system is like I teach the older kids and then they teach the younger kids. And so eventually I'm not going to have to teach anybody because I'll just have big kids teaching little kids. Like the little kids learned how to <laughs> – like they, they were counting by tens mm -hmm. because they were playing school with, you know, the the kind of second and third grade age will like mm -hmm. play school with a four-year-old, you know. And they end up teaching her a lot of stuff. And so, so then you there's your junior <laughs> teachers, your assistant professors here. Yeah. The whole idea of homeschoolers playing school, I think, is really hilarious to me because they don't want to actually sit down and do their lessons. They want to just like play school sometimes, which is very funny. But um, but yeah, the, the way that we all kind of work together in a family and sometimes it's very challenging. I mean, it's not always perfect, but um, but the relationships between kids is really beautiful to see that. So let's talk a little bit about some of the um, reasons why people either never consider homeschooling mm -hmm. or um or, or would, would hesitate because of certain concerns. So, um, you know, like one of them might be actually, you mentioned um, all the time with the kids. That might, some parents yeah. might say, you know, they have a kid who's particularly defiant or, um, uh, you know, that they might hope that maybe by being in school with a teacher, they'll, mm -hmm. they'll you know, their behavior will improve. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I know that not everybody feels called to homeschool. And I, I do think that there are probably situations in which people really are not interested in and school would be a better fit for them. Um, so I don't know that I would say like everybody has to homeschool or everybody should homeschool, but I do think that everybody who wants to homeschool or everybody who feels called to do it can do it and can make it happen. And I think that there are ways to tailor, you know, your education or your, or your curriculum style or the learning style to the particular child. So for example, if you have a kid who's maybe a little antagonistic or ordinary or something and you don't have a very good working relationship and teaching them personally is not working out well for you um it's you can for that kid you could do online classes for example mm -hmm. or have um join one of the the sort of online catholic schools where you have a, an instructor as or a, a grader you know someone to turn in the work to so they have an outside authority figure that's not just the parent so i i think there are lots of ways to make that work um with different situations and different kids. Um, yeah. So there might yeah. be other ways of doing that. So, and what about, um, there are people, um, I think people who really have not had much interaction with homeschoolers who mm -hmm. have maybe stereotypes about how they are. Like they'll say, well, you know, the, the kids uh, aren't socialized sufficiently or won't be socialized. What would you say to that? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, you know, when, when the COVID shutdown happened, you know, in March 2020 mm -hmm. and we, you know, schools were closed and everything. My first thought was like, oh, well, that's fine with us because we do everything in home. And, you know, it's not a big deal if mm -hmm. we just have to stay home because we're home all the time anyway. But then I very quickly realized that we're not actually home all the time. Like we're, we're going out and we, we have park days and social meetups Sorry, and everything. Sorry, so these are, these are um, with other homeschool families. Yeah, with basically. other homeschoolers. So yeah, a, yeah. There, so there's, there's a network or a community. Yeah. So there's a lot of social things that go on for right. homeschoolers. So, yeah, you're not really at home isolated all the time. And I, I have to say, I mean, like looking around at other high schoolers these days and like my limited interactions with kids who go to traditional schools who are just kind of in, you know, swimming in the mainstream culture, I guess you could say, that 
I'm not sure that there's a lot of good socialization going on. You know, I have to chime in and say I agree with you. So I, you know, I I have interactions with kids in different schooling, you know, background. And I have to say the homeschoolers uh, by far are um, better able to communicate with me as an adult. And and I think even as I see them relate with each other, um, but, you know, look you in the eye and, um, and, you know, answer a question with more Mm. than just one word or something like that. I've seen that too, so I, I yeah. have to say that. Um, so we don't have a lot of time, um, you know. Uh, I guess, I guess some of the other, you know, one of the big concerns obviously would be if if both parents need to work, right? To that, there wouldn't really be an option for them, right? Yeah, we actually have some people in our homeschooling community who are in this situation, or like a single mom who needs to work. And again, I th- I say that th- th- there are ways to make it work, but you have to kind of be willing to you know, either engage help or to move around the, the pieces in your life to make it happen. So, I mean, if, if you're currently, you've got two working parents and you've got a kid who's at school full time and then you want him to stay home, like obviously there has to be something moved around, right? So that there's someone with the kid who's teaching them. Um, but it could be, you know, if, if you're working online and you're at home and then you're working alongside the kids so that you're doing your work and they're doing their schoolwork, that's one way to make it happen. Um, or if you, you know, hire someone as a tutor or just a kind of in-home help um, to sort of supervise your kid while they're doing work. Like there, mm. there are ways to make it work, I think. Awesome. Um, and what would you say, you know, because people listening to this might, um, uh, you know, they might live in different parts of San Diego or other parts of the country, you know, um, is where where would they be able to find you know uh, other homeschooling families and um, well if if you want to get in contact with us at uh, our Lady of Mount Carmel or we have an email address it's olmchomeschoolers at gmail dot com and we can help point you in the right direction mm-hmm. um, we have people who come for our activities from literally all over San Diego County like Oceanside to Chula Vista oh. so um, you know you're welcome to join us or you know maybe you could talk to us and see how you can replicate our model at your parish hmm. you know and kind of form your own community where you are yeah I just want to conclude I have to say it's been such a blessing I think we have over 100 homeschool families in our parish and um, uh, and just uh, you know the, the families seem to be just driving and and the kids are are smart and they're happy and um it's just a beautiful thing to see and very faithful, by the way, because the, the extra chance to um, pray at home and form them in the faith. Um, and so it's been a great experience. And are you thinking about it there? Give it some serious thought. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you, Father. All right. So thank you, Father Soroki and uh, Steve. Um, this was a great program. Uh, Everyone out there, please be sure to stay tuned after this show for the Life is Worth Living with Archbishop Fulton Sheen Show. Thank you.